Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Happy Friday, Gardner Friday. It is Friday, October 13th. I don't like Friday the 13th normally, and I really don't like Friday the 13th today. If you are uh, somewhat aware, it is a very, very, very tricky day here in the, you know, in the world, I should say. Um, But definitely uh, for... For, sorry, my dog is distracting me because my dog is also scared. Um, For the Jews and Israelis of America, it's also very, very scary for civilians in Palestine and Gaza. It is not a a positive, happy day um, in any way. And I am still here to shed some light and love and um, positivity. And we will have fun today like we do every single day on Daily Dose of Donna, no matter how sad we are, no matter how much we're struggling, we always make sure to have a good time. So thank you guys so much for leaving lovely comments. I see you guys. I see that's that's my love Vicente walking in the background over there. Um, I see you and I appreciate you guys so much. So thank you so much for leaving the comments and, uh, and showing your love and support. Um, so just a quick little update, a quick little update on what's going on. Uh, they're just looking in the windows. Um, it's not, it, 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 I tried to explain on my Instagram stories and let me try to explain to you guys in the best possible way before we get into Southern Charm and all the fun stuff. Living life right now across the board is like I am in some sort of alternate reality. It's like I'm in Back to the Future and I got on the time warp or whatever it's called, the DeLorean, and it landed me in some sort of alternate Biff is the president reality. You know, you remember that? Was that Back to the Future too? Where all of a sudden he just woke up and he was like in the middle of this like war-torn, you know, disgusting, awful place where there was just like gunfire and fights and everything. Like, I feel that that has happened to me. And I imagine a lot of you guys, whether or not you're Jewish, are feeling the same way because we're all in the middle of this, right? We're seeing this happen within, you know, in front of our very eyes. And I went off this ride. Like, please just put me back on the Morgan and Kyle ride. Put me back on the Mauricio and Kyle Richards ride. Take me back. Take me back to, you know, I take me back to like even, um, you know, the Heather McDonald and Jeff Lewis ride. Like anything is better than a world war and a horrible, horrible time. So um, what we're going through basically, what it feels like. And I understand that this is a war between Israel and Gaza, but what it really is, is it does feel like it has divided our world from people that are able to denounce the awful, awful things that we have seen in our world already, that the denounce the 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 horrible killing and the horrible, you know, brutality and the people that can't, 
because in some way, in some strange way, it is uh, justified. This, this brutality is some way justified to some people because of history. And the second that you say that because of history and because of just like stuff that happened in the past, we're justified to do anything we want as brutal as it possibly can is the second we get into like, what is life? Like what is life and where are our morals and where are our common ground? Like, where do we, what's that line? What's that line that we can't cross, right? That line that we can't cross to say like, whoa, 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 whoa. Cause I don't want to interrupt this podcast to have to go tell them to please no scream. I don't know. You guys probably don't hear. But what is that line that we have to cross to say what's wrong is wrong and what's wrong is always going to be wrong, no matter how everything has transpired to get to this and how everything has transpired after this. This is still wrong. And for whatever reason, and you guys tell me, and I could be wrong, but I I'm seeing an experience here that truly feels like the the crazy, crazy, awful, brutal attacks on Israel got skipped over real fast. It's like, whoa, those were hard, but now we've got we've moved past it. And this is not all of you guys. I'm not. I'm not saying all of you guys. Most of you guys are are lovely and wonderful and really supportive, and and I understand that if you don't see this side, you're never going to see this side. Like I also feel like we're talking in echo chambers. I don't know if you feel this way because I could be posting until the cows come home. Again, what the hell? I don't have a cow. I could be posting until the cows come home about what is happening here and how like on my stories or whatever. But I also feel like I'm talking to an echo chamber because you guys, the ones that are here and still following and joining on and watching my stories, which my story views are, are, are through the roof are for the most part in agreement with me. But it's, it, this reminds me a little bit of like the election where you're kind of thinking to yourself, like, I can't disagree. Like I can't tell anyone anything unless they agree with me because they will never change their mind. It's like we're talking in an echo chamber because the people that do not agree will never agree. And I say that on both sides. Either way, it's a sad, sad effing day in this world and scary. And just, you know, for, so you guys know, um, I do see a comment that from Storm saying you and Dame, Dame Galley need to do a collab on the topic. So she's my new bestie. <laughs> We've been DMing Sarah. She, uh, she hosts the show Andy's Girls. Am I saying that right? Andy's Girls. Um, I just found it. I don't know how I've missed it. She's a wonderful podcaster and she, and I've been following her stories also. And we're very similar in our beliefs and our feelings right now. I guess the difference that I can speak to is that she doesn't have kids and I do. And so let me explain to you what it was like to be a Jewish mother this morning. And by the way, for any of you naysayers, my tragedy and my hurt and my people's hurt and my people's struggles is not to be in competition with anyone else. And this is very important. We talked about this about Lisa Barlow. I will always find a way to get back to Housewives. We talked about this with Lisa Barlow on Housewives, right? When you are a one-upper, but what about me? But what about what I went through? But what about my struggle? When you act this way, it is incredibly challenging to get your point across. That's like when I po 
post or or see things online that say something really tragic and people say, but what about Palestine? It also happened in Palestine. Just because someone is experiencing hurt and struggle does not mean that no one else is. And you have your own platforms to share what you are going through. So I think that's really important to share because it very much upsets me that I, on my post of me crying about being a Jewish mother to Jewish children who go to a Jewish school, a lot of the comments are, well, what about Palestine? Where were your tears for Palestine? Where were your tears for Armenia? What about for the Ukraine? And what about for Iraq? I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, uh, I guess we're not allowed to feel. I mean, what it is, what I am experiencing is a little bit more of open eyes to the importance of allyship. Because, of course, Jewish people and my Jewish community and my Jewish world, we're all bonded and we all feel this. But what really makes a difference is when you're not Jewish and you reach out and say, how can I help? What can I do? I am here for you. I stand with you. Those are the ones that really matter. And so now I just opened my eyes to being an ally and how important it is to be an ally for other people's causes. When someone feels, you know, that their their lives are in danger because of who they are and who they were born to be, right? Whether that means, you know, gay rights, trans rights, or any sort of religion, color of your skin, race. If you are being abused, attacked, threatened and and completely, you know, uh I don't I don't know. I don't know a better word. You know, put into a, a scary category because of who you were born to be. I will tell you a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I I've got your back now. I see it. I always did but I really do now. As long as you've got my back. That's the truth. Because I've been very, very saddened by a lot of people who clearly don't. And I did for them. And we remember, just like you guys do, right? So another thing is this idea of of I'm, I'm, I speak from my experience and for all of you YouTube comments that say, but what about, but what about, but they are, but he are, and we are, and she are. I'm telling you, I am Donna. I can't speak for a woman living in Ukraine and I can't speak for a woman living in Palestine and I can't speak for, um, you know, a, an Asian American. I can only speak for Donna, which is a Jewish American, a Jewish Israeli American who lives in the United States and had to send my kids, not had to, chose to send my kids to Jewish school on Friday the 13th, the national global day of jihad in, in, um, you know, we're basically, uh, Countries are calling for, you know, attacks on Jews and Israelis. Okay. So let me explain to you what goes on in our minds as a Jewish mother. And if you are a mother or a father, I want you to try to imagine if it was against whatever it is that you stand for. So whatever nationality, whatever religion you are. Every single person I know that I have, that I am either at school with parents wise or in a different school has sent me messages yesterday in the last couple of days, sending me text messages and WhatsApps and Facebook messages and DMs. Are you sending your kids to school tomorrow? What do we do? 
And the answer is completely split down the middle because no one has the answer because every single person in the world has no fucking clue what's coming next. No one knows. Just like the Israelis didn't know on Saturday morning when they woke up in a peaceful Shabbat morning. No one knows. And to bear the responsibility as a mother to decide, do you let life live as normal? And I am trying not to get emotional. Do you let life continue as normal for your innocent, sweet children who have no freaking clue, thank God, about this national global security threat? Do you let your children live as normal and trust your amazing school that they send me, um, you know, that they send uh, wonderful, wonderful, comforting messages saying, we got you. And the, and the, uh, the, the country is safe. And I mean, the school is safe and there's security and everything. And I had to make a call as a mother. I had to take responsibility for this idea that I'm going to send my kids. Why? Because I want to show them that we are not scared. We won't be in fear and we won't be scared. And I trust my school. I trust my school. I want to show you guys a comment for anyone that's watching the replay. I want to show you exactly what I just explained from Mtronics that says, girl, my family has been going through this my entire life because of what has happened overseas. You make it sound like this is the only important thing happening. And to do this before you dish on tea, I want to explain something. This is every moment of every day this week for me. I can't say a goddamn word about my own struggle and my my country's struggle and my people's struggle without getting that. Do you know how dismissive that feels? Do you know how awful that feels? Okay. I will very, very gladly, you know, continue to talk about what I'm talking about because I see that people are here because not only are they interested in the freaking tea of Southern goddamn charm, which I'm going to get to, <laughs> but they're interested in me and, and the, the world struggles. And honestly, when I see people that are only talking right now about entertainment, when so many people in the world, not just Jews, but Palestinians too, are dying, I feel nauseous. I feel nauseous. I don't know how to go on. I don't understand how to go on pretending like it's all okay and everything's fine and everything's normal. And I understand that that's a me problem. It's a me problem. Here, here's another. Look, they keep going. It's dismissive to what other people are going through. My family has been in grips for years, but thanks. Lisa Barlow, you're the, the most amazing one-upper. What an idiot. So if God forbid you get cancer, I really hope that the first person you, tells, you tell tells you how their cancer is worse or they had it worse than you. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for your case that you don't get dismissed when you struggle in your life. And this is like so personal, obviously. Obviously, I'm very upset. 
you know, but this is exactly what I'm going through. And by the way, you guys, thank you so much for these super stickers. I see them. I can't tell you how important they are. And also I'm going to be holding a fundraiser on Monday morning show. So just remember Monday, the money that I will be making on that show, we are setting it up. I love my girl, Lauren, Lauren, who is a, um, you know, uh, a wonderful doser and she's been helping me. She's going to help me and um, set up an amazing fundraiser for a, for a organization that I've decided on called Zaka. And, um, and so that will be Monday show. And I really appreciate you guys. Uh, okay. So what was I talking about? Anyway, to wrap that up, I made the decision to send my kids to school. And I also made the decision feeling so goddamn scared. I went to F45 right after, which is my gym. And I didn't like really realize how scared I was and how in fear I was. And just so you guys know, this is what happened. I don't want to call. I don't want to cry. I got a text from Dylan, who's on the bus to go to school. And he sends a text and he said, um, Mom, why is the bus half empty? And I said, Is it? Because of course, half the school didn't send their kids today and I don't blame them. Is it? And I said, why? Uh, I know he goes, why? And I said, mm, some parents are just feeling a little bit nervous. And he said, what's going on? And I said, it's not a big deal and nothing. He's like, tell me mom. And I said, no, sweetie, everything's totally fine. I just think there's like a lot of people that just want to be close to their family on Shabbat. And he goes, okay. And meanwhile, he had a performance today at school um, playing his one day by Madis Yahoo for their morning, you know, services. And I said, go and text me and let me know how it goes. And he goes, okay. And then he sent me a text saying, oh my gosh, mom, it's national. Give your kid money day. And he like found some funny thing and he sent it to me and I said, oh, okay, I'll give you money. And we kind of made light of it or whatever. And we put it down. I put the phone down and I looked up and Natalie, my amazing trainer at F45 looked at me and she's like, are you okay? And I bawled at my gym. It like, I'm holding all these feelings in and I didn't expect it. And all of a sudden I'm freaking crying at the gym. And I'm like, oh my God, get it together. And she's like, no, it's okay. You can cry. And then I like was laughing five seconds later, like I'm a mess. <laughs> we are not okay, but I'm still here and I will still be here. But I like that I can share this with you guys. And I appreciate that I can share this with you guys. And I'm reading all of your comments. And I so, so wish I could send you guys all a big hug for being there for me and being there for us and being, and I hope I'm there for you. I hope I'm there for you. Okay. Let's keep it going. Um, Meanwhile, my kids are fine and I got a, a, a I'm just going to play this in the microphone. I can't show you, show you guys the video, but I did get a message from one of the moms there who's a teacher at the school and she sent me a video and I literally thought it was the cutest thing and the sweetest thing because my kid is, he's a singer and he also plays the ukulele, you know, and he and his um, friends, they like stood up five friends and they started playing. They started playing some music and I thought it was so sweet. Mm -hmm. 
All my life I've been praying for, I've been praying for, for the people to say that we don't want to pray no more. One day, one day, one day. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I wonder how many negative comments I'll get on today's YouTube. Oy vey. I will get so many negative comments on today's YouTube and hopefully not everywhere else. Oh, geez. What a week. All right, you guys. I want to give you guys some really good news. Chris Rangiola and I DM'd. Everything is fine. We are good. There was some crazy stuff that was kind of uh, been brought up in the Facebook groups because I was told about this Gaza comment. I'm not going to repeat it. He apparently apologized in his podcast yesterday. I DM'd him. I said, I know that you are an ally. I know that you're married to a Jewish woman and you have a Jewish daughter. I know that you didn't mean anything by it. I am so sorry that this got blown up. I recognize my part in it. I recognize that I am uber sensitive this week. I recognize that I am so incredibly, um, you know, just like I'm, I'm, I'm on, I was saying it the other day, like, I feel like I have to be like all arms up, you know, and I absolutely do not, do not mean any harm. And I am so sorry. And I apologized to him and he was like, we're good. It's all good. We are cleared up and I hope you're okay. So me and Chris, uh, Chris Rangel and I am have to at least do some good grammar are completely okay. So please, please, please let's stop with the violence. Stop with the hate. Right. All right. Next. What else is going on in the world? Um, I I did see a couple things. Can we talk for two seconds about Dean McDermott and Tori Spelling to switch things up? Dean McDermott. Oh, yes, my mom is back. Thank you for asking. Dean McDermott and his girlfriend. By the way, I'm seeing my mom tomorrow for lunch, so I will definitely be uh, documenting some of that for, me, for you guys on my Instagram stories. So make sure that you join over there. Dean McDermott has a new girlfriend. Did you guys know that Tori Spelling's ex, father of like 14 kids, Dean McDermott, has a new girlfriend. She is unnamed. We have no idea who she is, but she is actually dressed like, like in one of those like, you know, green, almost like a she's in the army or like, what are they called? Like a jumper, like a jumper, like a one piece green jumper. She's, um, She's a pretty girl, and they were holding hands, walking into a government welfare office. So apparently, Dean McDermott is living in a rented home with four other people. Shares a home with four other people. What is going on over there? Dean McDermott and Tori Spelling either, I mean, they made a lot of money in their careers. They had like five reality shows. Tori Spelling just recently had a reality show last year with, I know because Lance provided the gear for it. Is it really possible that they have no money? I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to judge people on on what's going on, but like on their financial situations, but like I'm I'm assuming that maybe they're they weren't very good with money, right? That maybe that's just an assumption. But I'm assuming they weren't very good because reality shows pay a boatload of money. I mean, maybe not if you were like a one episode of a TLC random show, like 
you know, one of those random, my strange addictions, like maybe you don't get a lot of money for those. But if you have a series around you called like Tori and Dean in love or whatever, I don't think that they have like, I don't know. I'm very confused about their financial situation. Tori obviously doesn't have a lot of money. We've seen that. We've heard that she's been on Jeff Lewis live in the past and she's even talked so openly about how like credit card issues and she just seems unorganized. She seems like she has no like hold on her finances. Now, the other day, Josh Flagg um, was a guest on Jeff Lewis. Today, we'll talk about Jeff Lewis stuff a little bit. Josh Flagg was on Jeff Lewis with, um, gosh, now I can't remember her name, an older woman if you guys remember, please let me know. She's amazing. I started following her, but she's an older woman. She's like a socialite and she used to have, um, uh, or she has a radio show on Amazon. She, Nikki, Gla- Nikki, Nikki, what though? Yes. Her name is Nikki. And now I can't remember her last name. So she is, um, they had this great dynamic and I loved her stories and Jeff was just dying. Go back and listen to that episode because she's talking about how she almost killed Nikki Haskell. She almost killed her, her ex-husband for cheating on her. Like she stood outside his house with a shotgun and then got bored and left and just divorced him. Oh my God. It was a crazy, crazy ass story, but it was so, so interesting. And, um, and so what she was saying what I realized in this conversation, she's very good friends with Candy Spelling. Josh Flagg tends to have like a really good dynamic with these older women. I believe Josh and his grandma were, well, I remember they were very, very close. Josh's grandma was like incredibly wealthy, you know, Los Angeles, Beverly Hills woman and Jewish woman. And she, she died um, a few years ago. And I believe my guess is that Josh connects really well to the candy spellings and to the Nikki Haskells and to the, you know, the older generation, because it probably makes him feel like he's hanging out with his grandmother. And, and I'm sure it gives them a sense of like, hang out with like youth. I just think it's adorable. I really love him and I love their dynamic. I think any sort of older woman like that could just probably get so much joy after having someone like a Josh who, who just like drives them around and takes care of them and goes out to eat. Like it's so cute. Anyway, Nikki is so cute in this episode. What you, I don't know if you guys heard this, but they mentioned candy and then someone mentioned Tori and, and, uh, Jeff said to Josh, have you talked to Tori? Have you talked to, um, you know, Tori lately? And Josh goes, yeah, we texted a little bit. Tori's just Tori. And Nikki goes, Tori's just touring around or Tori's just being Tori. So my guess is that Tori is a little bit like off the wall. Don't you guys get that feeling? Like it's just, there's something going on there that like all the older grandmas that are friends with Candy Spelling, they're all like, oh, what's Tori up to now? Now, meanwhile, Randy Spelling, Tori's brother, is doing a podcast with Brian Austin Green. That's David Silver from um, from Beverly Hills 920 and his fiance, I believe her name is Sharna, I could be wrong, a dancer from Dancing with the Stars. So random. Um Okay. So where are we? Oh yeah. She missed Jeff Lewis once because she got pulled over for not having a license plate. She got scammed by some sort of telemarketer. Like I feel like Tori is just like head in the cloud. I could be wrong. Now, meanwhile, yes, Dean has a new girlfriend going to the welfare office. Not a good look, not a good look for Deanie, but what are you going to do? 
Okay. Let's, uh, let's keep moving. Let's talk about some other things. Um, let's talk about Tamara judge and this story that came out from the, uh, from the Instagram account. I'm sorry, from the podcast, all about the real housewives. So I think it's all about TRH. TRH is the podcast. Um, they had Ryan Boyajian on as a guest. Ryan Boyajian is the um, boyfriend of new housewife, Jen Padranti. And he is the one that everyone says is a player. And he spent, basically, Tamara spent the entire season talking badly about their relationship and basically saying, he cheats on you, he treats you bad, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I have gotten many DMs from people that are currently in the OC and know Ryan or know of Ryan who have corroborated that statement, who have said, yes, that is true. Um, he is definitely a uh, a problematic kind of player type. So if that's the case, I mean, I'm going to believe that it's probably the case, you know, who knows. But either way, they had... Tam they had Ryan on the show and Ryan was talking about the fact that it's all very confusing because he was saying that, um, sorry, I just need to pull it up, that Tamra is so wrong to be so aggressive at Jen because in, in between filming, she was always like, Jen, we're good. I love you. Jen, are we good? And five minutes before she threw the napkin at no, was it at Nobu on Jen's face because of their fight, they were in the bathroom just being like, I love you. We're good. We're good. And then according to Ryan turned on right when cameras went on. Another thing that they were saying is like, you know, she was very, very invested in how hot Ryan was and like talking about the hot guy at the gym and almost being like a real catalyst for getting Jen and Ryan together. Always definitely talking about the fact that, you know, Ryan is, is, oh my God, the hot guys at the gym and like trying to get his attention. Do you believe that? I will say this. I do believe that two things can be true. I think that Tamara was probably super, I could be wrong, but probably was super flirty and like having fun with Ryan, the hot guy at the gym, because I've been around enough, you know, 40, 50 year old married women who this is how we act sometimes like, oh, for fun, like very fun and light about like the hot guy at the gym. That being said, I don't know how true it is that she would turn it that on for camera, but the girls on, on this podcast corroborated, corroborated, I keep saying that word, like, what am I in law school? Um, agree to that by saying, yeah, Ryan, you, um, we have heard this from various other people on, you know, different shows that yes, um, you know, Tamara turns it on for camera. So I'm curious what you guys think. I'd be interested to see if you guys agree with that. Um, also, also Heather Dubrow was on Nick Vile's podcast. Is it Vile or is it Vial? Because if his last name is really Nick Vile, which I want to say it's Vile, that sucks. <laughs> like I would hate if my last name was Vile. Um, I want to say it is pronounced as Vile. So Heather is talking about on Nick Vile's podcast, I didn't hear the whole thing, but I saw clips that basically the real housewives of OC ladies are, they may be misunderstood. Edits are, you know, giving them a bad look. What is really going on here? Because a lot of you guys all 
a lot of you guys really agreed that it feels very much that we felt like duped at the end of the reunion. We were shown 16 weeks of them fighting like cats and dogs, talking awful to each other. And then all of a sudden at the end of the housewives, um, you know, at the end of the housewives reunion, it was like, oh, I love you guys. Best cast ever. Cheers. Let's go to dinner at Heather's new house. <laughs> what? So confusing. Um, Ray is making me laugh because on the same line as Vile, Nick Vile, Ray said, my friend's urologist is Dr. Stiff. <laughs> my friend's urologist is Dr. Stiff. Oi vey. Oi vey. That is too good. Too good. Um, so what do you guys think? I mean, Heather is being very kind right now. And also months have gone by. And maybe, you know, also I want to say like in times of challenge and in times of struggle, a lot of times people connect. And maybe there's a part of me that thinks, do th did they kind of like bond after Shannon's DUI? Because Heather just did this right now. Um, she did Nick Vile's podcast, I imagine, in the last week. So I wonder if like, is, is that what it is? You know, sometimes when that happens, when someone gets sick or when someone gets hurt or when there's like a struggle, like I imagine when Gertie on Real Houses of Miami, when she comes out saying that she has breast cancer, which is just, I can't wait to watch that story. She's so amazing. I love Gertie. I imagine it bonds the rest. It's like, sorry, on the same note, Lisa Hochstein, when Lisa Hochstein's husband, you know, Lenny Disgusting Hochstein, who's apparently breaking up with his mistress, his fiance mistress, who knows? When Lenny Hochstein, you know, came out saying, I'm having an affair and I want to leave you or whatever to Lisa, how all the girls, it's like, forget all the drama. We are together. And I like that. I like that. So we'll have to see um, what that is. Andrew makes a good point. He says they made up so they can come back together next season because Real House of OC knows they need the job. Very, very, very interesting. And I'm pretty much agreeing that you are probably right. Um. All right. All right. All right. Let's see what else. Garcelle. Garcelle was on. I'm going to give this two minutes of conversation because I'm so bored with, um, with this, but Garcelle was on the Today Show trying to kind of drum up interest for Real Houses of Beverly Hills because the only person that has done that so far is Kyle with this love affair with Morgan and basically is saying, I am, um, I am shocked that they got separated. We did see it coming. We did see that there was challenges between Kyle and Mauricio, but we all are surprised that they actually are separated. Um, we knew they were having a hard time. Okay, I will literally lose my effing shit <laughs> if this entire season is drumming up interest towards the supposed affair and gives us nothing. Do you guys think that they are just like playing with us this entire time? I want to know from you guys in your comments, do you believe that at the end of the season, we will find out that Kyle and Morgan are having an affair by the end of the season? I want to know. I want to know. Okay. Let's, um, let's keep going. Okay. Let's keep going. Uh, uh, do I want to get into this? The Jeff Lewis of it all. Mm. Okay. I'll give it two minutes because you guys are all interested. Jeff Lewis announced yesterday on his, on his, um, 
show that channel 789 is like going through some changes. There's some contract issues. There's some this, there's some that. 789 is Jeff Lewis's own channel that he was given to, given by Sirius. And if you remember, we talked about this a long time ago, Brandy, um, Brandy Howard and Julie Goldman, two comedians who had an after show on his show and were very tight with Jeff and, and the rest of his community, his chumps, um, had a big falling out and were fired from Sirius because of it. It's two stories, right? One side we hear not, it's, um, unceremoniously fired and illegally fired is what, uh, Julie has now said in the comments and then on, I'll explain that. And then also, um, Jeff has said that they were, you know, speaking up to corporate, that they were acting very wrong, that they were, um, not listening. They weren't following like corporate directions, whatever. Okay. Who knows? We don't know the answer. Only they know the answer. That being said, yesterday after Jeff announced this, which did not say that 789 or the after show was doing badly, but it just kind of said that there's going to be some changes and there's the happy hour. He does a happy hour at 5 p.m. every single whatever. Anyway, Brandy posted. Brandy is the former host and they don't talk that much about the Jeff thing that, that I've seen. They don't talk about it so much, but Brandy posted. Um, Hold on. I'll pull, pull it up so you guys can see. And it says, wow, what a tool. And that's all it is. That's Brandy's post. Everyone knew exactly who she was talking about because we are talking about the fact, um, you know, it was right after the Jeff Lewis thing. And then her her thing was, uh, if you know, you know, like, what is it? I-Y-K-Y-K. -Y -K. I always get that wrong. Um, and then Julie Goldman's first comment was, oh, I know. So anyway, they went really, really back and forth with a lot of people in, in the comments. And like, to be honest, just as a, as a, like a observer who actually did not get involved, I didn't comment not once, but I was reading the comments because you learn a lot of things. And basically some of the interesting things that came out was, um, someone said he wasn't a tool when he was buying you guys nice dinners and paying for your drinks, right? And Julie said, what does that have to do with anything? We brought him, we bought him plenty of gifts and nice dinners when we thought he was our actual friend. Um, and he was still a tool when I bought him $400 caviar and he never said thank you, which was what Brandy said. Um, they were going back and forth about the drama. And then basically Julie says, um, Someone says, you guys are super funny, but you got to let it go. And Julie says, just no. Brandy is a grown-up, is a grown-up and acting grown. She acted grown-up when she apologized profusely, tried every way to show her love and say her love and gratitude. She hasn't said anything outright since we were fired and has given chance after chance after chance for her friend to show grace and honor. And the truth is when speaking up for herself like every man has done on the planet from the beginning of time with perceived attitude or tone, people listen and at the very least... And maybe they're annoyed, but they give them the grace of understanding and the awareness of what it is to fight or stand up for yourself. Grow up. You have no idea who Brandy is or how grown she really is. So look at what you need to do in your life. If you want to comment on the situation, get all the facts because trust, they're not all out there. And um, someone said, are we getting the full story? Is this going to be an episode? Which I actually really wish. I wonder if they signed an NDA, but I really, really wish that they did, you know, send like able, able to share their side of the story. I don't know exactly, you know, if they can't or not, but I think it's tough because we're only hearing kind of one story. We only hear Jeff's story out loud and they're not sharing. And so people don't know what to believe. Right. Um, 
you know, they're saying, um, we're not listening to the show, but we're not dead either. Did we dispute the claims? Yes. Consider them disputed. We took responsibility. We apologized and offered every which way, uh, which to work together on how to work together to get things how everyone wanted them, except for one point we stuck to our guns the way professionals are allowed to do. He lied, period. And now the channel is doing great, so he's canceling every show. Um, another time, another thing they said is, and he has gone and slandered us again and again and again and hasn't stopped. We haven't mentioned his name one actual time. We're going to go ahead and take this moment to vent a little. If you don't like it, you grow up and get off our platforms. Um, okay, here's the thing. I don't know. I don't know um, what what the truth is. I'm not I'm not a serious employee. I don't know any serious employees. I know a couple of people that work for Jeff and I've heard their side. But again, they work for Jeff. Right. So you have to take that in stride. And then Jeff has spoken. Brandy and Julie did speak on that podcast, The Pink Shade. I can't now remember Pink Shade right before all of it went down. And remember, it got pulled. But they were really open on that podcast. I listened to the entire unedited version where they explained very, very clearly what they were going through and how they acted up in this meeting with Sirius and how they felt like they were being told to do one show and then the whole thing changed and they felt duped and then they acted out and they acted inappropriately and now they're trying to, and this was before they got fired, by the way, and then now they're apologizing and trying to get back. So I do believe, I do believe that there is a little bit of both can be true, right? I think that here's my, like if I were to write a story of what I think, is happening is that most likely two things were going on. A, um, the after show was maybe doing well. I don't know if it was not doing well or not, but here's the thing. When people act badly to their bosses, I'm talking about serious radio. Like when, when people acted badly to their bosses, I don't care what you were doing, you will probably get canned or in trouble. Um, I, I've seen so many people in good positions that are running very popular shows or that are on shows that do something bad and get fired. It's, it's, um, my guess is that it was a very toxic and negative space because they weren't happy because they weren't given the opportunity to do the show that they wanted to do and thought they were doing right. They were given an opportunity to do a show. Okay, um, one second. They were given an opportunity to do a show that they thought was something and then they felt the rug was pulled under them and all of a sudden all the notes were changing. No, we don't want this format. We want to do it this format. And they didn't like that. They got upset. They ended up, you know, speaking very, very kind of, it sounds combatively about it to their bosses. And Jeff was then in the middle and I understand as, as someone in the middle, like if you hire someone under you and they go at, above you to yell at your boss, but you are a representative, like they represent you, it is very tricky. So I get both sides. Like I get why Brandy and Julie were pissed and hurt. And I also get why Jeff was not happy with that situation. It's a really, really strange experience. I do agree that Sirius Radio doesn't seem like a great company to work for from everything we've heard. We've heard they don't pay their employees on time, that they have a really big net, like of when they actually have to pay their employees. We've heard so many stories. I don't know. 
I don't work for Sirius and I've never worked for Sirius. I would like to hear something different, but I, this is what we're hearing through the show and through the grapevine. That being said, 789 is actually doing fine. Um, I did speak to someone who is on one of those shows, on one of the after shows, and the numbers are good. Okay. They're doing good. There is a little bit of a change up and obviously that's going to happen, but um, Okay. Heather McDonald did leave a long comment. I didn't see it personally because I'm blocked, but I don't know. I mean, you guys, you guys, some of you guys posted about it. So something about like um, asking for a friend, did this troll try to take down a woman's career? Did this troll try to, you know, ruin a woman's, you know, end a friendship or call this woman a woman like um, with brain damage, like basically about her. Uh, again, um, it's an example of a Lisa Barlow. <laughs> Right. It's like, I, I feel like we can put some, like a lot of people in the same category. Okay. Like, but what about me? I was hurt. Um, okay. So anyway, I don't know. It's just like, it's pretty crazy. And it felt like a little dark yesterday between all the comments between everyone. And then of course, with the Chris Franjola of it all, I was like, I got to get myself out of this. I need out. I need out. Um, yes. Okay. So let's move on about that. Um, can we talk about Southern Charm? Let's talk about Southern Charm. Here's what I'm going to tell you about Southern Charm. I am invested. I am so heavily invested. I am firstly and foremostly invested into Craig. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Craig, it's not too late. You can leave. You can leave her and you can come here. I'm telling you, Donna Hanover could be a thing. Just saying. I love a pillow. I need new pillows. I love Craig. We did see a scene between him and we saw two scenes or a few scenes with Paige in this episode, which I actually love Paige and Craig scenes love because it's so obvious that when Craig and Paige are alone together, Paige is like, oh, and Craig is like, what can I do for you, honey? And she's like, oh, <laughs> and I actually really like Paige. I listened to Giggly Squad. I really think she's funny and adorable. But something about her relationship with Craig is always like, oh, um, Craig uh, Craig was like, I love how she has her own bedroom, by the way, in Craig's house. And it's, they don't sleep in there, but it's like her stuff. That is a dream situation, by the way, for anyone out there, that is an absolute dream situation to be able to be married to someone or live with someone and have your entire own room. Like, I wish I had a big enough house that I could have my entire own room. We could decide to sleep in the same bed sometimes or not, whatever. But I have my own closet, my own space. I can watch my own shows. I can read my own books. Like, oh, dream dream. Um, okay. So, uh, so that, so Craig and Pe Paige take a, take a moment in it later because they become kind of a sounding board between Shep and Austin and everything. But essentially this episode starts off by Shep finding out from Austin that mm -hmm, Taylor did in fact kiss Austin. And I can tell you this, I'll tell you this one thing. How many of us do believe that it stopped after a kiss? This kiss, this kiss. I'm curious. I am just so interested. What do you think is actually going on? I think I think it was more than a kiss, personally. But how bad does Taylor look? That not only did she double down last episode to Olivia saying she didn't make out, not even a drunk kiss, but then she says, I swear on my life. Oy vey. I'm telling you, you cannot swear on your life. You cannot swear on your children. You cannot swear on any of these things if you are not telling the truth. And even if you are telling the truth, there's a, like, it's just not a good thing. Swear on your phone. Swear on something that's replaceable. 
Oh my God. Horrible. So, um, so, uh, uh, we find out first off that Austin tells Taylor, I did tell a live, I did tell Shep that we kissed. And Taylor's like, WTF, we had a deal, which by the way, like how shady is that, right? On camera, we had a deal not to tell Olivia and Shep that we made out. He's like, Yeah, so uh whoops. Um, it's very odd. It's very odd. And Taylor seems to me a little bit. Here's the truth. I feel like Taylor seems a little bit like in that moment, I do think you do act in ways that maybe are out of character when you're struggling a little bit. I think there are times that you act, um, what should I say, like um, out of character when you're vulnerable and you just want love, which is why we also find out later on in the episode, according to Patricia, my girl, Patty, right? Patricia in the mansion and her home with Whitney and Madison, they're having a conversation. And we find out that Taylor, Taylor sent Whitney an inappropriate picture, a nudie. I think that people act in ways that they're not very necessarily proud of when they're going through tough times and drunk. My guess is she was probably drunk. There is no way she sent Whitney a sober picture. Don't you guys agree? Like there's no way, but I loved more than anything that Patricia knew about it. Like how funny is that? That Patricia was like, well, I looked at the picture and I thought, I just thought that was so amazing. Um, let's see what else. Shep is taking it like a, uh, champion. I don't know how I would be really hurt to know that my ex was making out with my best friend's ex. Am I getting that right? My ex was making out, no, my ex was making out with my best friend. <laughs> it's just so odd. Now, Austin is the odd man out here because what ends up happening is that Shep and Taylor end up having kind of a conversation to connect. And then Taylor and Olivia have a conversation to connect over all of this. And they're all mad at Austin. I am shocked that Olivia just gets over it with Taylor that easily because she's like, I don't feel, oh my gosh, you guys are so funny. You're all saying that Patricia is like Ken. Oh my God, the Zanzibar in the jacuzzi. It was such a Ken moment. Oh my gosh. Um, if I were Olivia, I would really have a hard time forgiving Taylor. Two reasons. Number one, like why did it even happen? And then number two, you lied to me about it happening. That's not good right? That's not, I wouldn't feel good about that relationship. So Austin was losing his shit because he's sitting here at this table and he's like, why are they all friends? And I am the only one not included. I mean, Austin's middle name is FOMO. He's less upset that Olivia is mad at him as the fact that they're all friends and he's not part of it. He's like, wait, Taylor and Shep are friends and Taylor and Olivia are friends. And like, no one's talking to me. No one's talking to me. So ends up, he takes Olivia outside and they do have a conversation. And she's like, yeah, you're right. Because you're the only person I don't want to have a relationship with. Look, I just think these experiences show you who people are, right? It shows you who someone is. You now know who they are. Stay away from Taylor, maybe, as a very close friend, in my opinion. But also, Taylor seems like just like a little bit of a wounded bird in this whole, like, season. Don't you guys get this feeling? She's just like, I don't know. I don't know what's right. And Olivia is also, <laughs> this is going to sound really mean. I don't want to be mean. 
how can I say this? Olivia does feel a little bit like she's walking, like she's in a cloud, like the entire scene. So season so far, she's like, I don't know. I guess it's like, what? (laughs) I'm like, you should have like maybe a stronger emotion to any of this. Taylor's lost and Olivia feels a little bit lost and Austin's lost and Shep is drunk. Like we've got four lost souls, right? I don't know. Yeah. Michelle just said something really interesting. These girls are like bookends to me. I agree. They're, they're lacking a strong female character on Southern charm. They're lacking like the, the Naomi that they had before the Cameron that we had before, like we're lacking something. It feels like these girls are just like, what? Leva is a strong personality, but she's such a, um, like a side piece on this show. She's not really like doing anything except just being an ear for people, right? It doesn't, it's very confusing, the whole thing. Madison is strong, but Madison is also like not, she's kind of not. Like, I feel like they put Madison in it just to like give a storyline, but all we see Madison doing is like making coffee and tea and doing laundry. Like, She's not really injecting herself into any of this. Of course she's not going to. She's not going to have a conversation with with Taylor and Olivia about Austin, about her ex-boyfriend. Vanita is strong, but also not being utilized, right? Vanita is strong, and she's, like, also just, like, they're, like, all these side girls. But we don't have, like, a main girl. I want main girl. I do like older Southern Charm as well. And I, I I am not as into this new season. And if you look back at seasons like two, three, four, that was like the best. It was the best of Southern Charm. And we're not there yet. We haven't found it there. So we'll see what happens. If I were Madison, I would be, I would stay in Patricia's good graces. Because man, oh man, Whitney is going to have a nice little... Have you ever thought about that? What Whitney is going to get when Patricia goes? Because I don't know about if they have any other family. I don't think Whitney has any brothers or sisters. I mean, that is like royalty in Charleston. I definitely want to go back to, I mean, go to Charleston. I've talked about this before. Not only to stop Craig. What? I didn't say that, huh? Who? Me? I didn't say that. Stop saying that, you guys. (laughs) Where does he live? Stop saying that. Got to go to sewing down south. Buy myself a pillow. Should we do a Charleston Daily Dose of Donna meetup? I have said it before and I'll say it again. I feel like that place is a beautiful place to go. Ah, you guys, what a time. What a time to be alive. I love you guys. I appreciate all your love. I keep looking at my phone and I hope you guys understand that. But I keep looking at my phone because of my kids. I just want to make sure that they are good. Um, and they are good right now. And uh, thank you so much for following, loving on uh, the Doser community, being kind and being sweet in the comments and the DMs, and uh, sticking with me as I go through something that is so unprecedented for me. Don't know how to deal with this. If if anyone could tell me the right way to move through this, how much to talk about, how not to talk, I don't know. I'm just doing what feels right at the moment. And like I said, high highs, low lows. And like in this episode, you saw a low low, and now you're seeing a high high. So like, who the f knows? Okay, who? No. So I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I thank you for being here and supporting. Please continue to um, share the show, like it, love it, leave a comment, subscribe, and I will see you on Monday in hopefully better circumstances than today. We'll see how the weekend goes. I need a, a definite Shabbat Shalom cocktail tonight. Okay, you guys, I love you. I wish we had our happy hour tonight, but we don't. But maybe I'll do a special one next week just because 
I need your guys' love. I'll talk to you later. Shabbat shalom.